we've been going through, if you can take your memories back, uh, various elements of what uh, the Kabbalists consider to be God's highest attribute, which is uh, called God's crown, the Keter. And the first component of that that Cordovero talked about was uh, God's compassion. And now he's going to imagine, uh, imagine God anthropomorphized as a human being. And... Uh, and and now we're saying, okay, if we want to emulate God, we've got to emulate not only what's on top of God's head, which, uh, which Cordovero talks about as being God's compassion, but also God's whole head, as it were. Right? So we looked last week at how we could emulate God's eyes and ears. Okay? This week we're going to look at God's nose and uh, uh, God's, uh, um, God's nose and God's mouth. And I'm going to try to at least th- for the nose to try to blow through because it's really stuff that we've seen before. <laughs> I didn't even intend that. That was great. Uh, sure. Uh, well, listen. This is uh, this is some Torah not to be sneezed at. So we're gonna go through. Uh, uh, we're gonna go through the, the the nose relatively quickly. We're gonna uh, spend a little bit more time on mouth, and then hopefully we're gonna uh, move past that because um, much to I, I, I hope uh, Larry's joy. We're actually going to be, uh, uh, there's going to be an acknowledgement coming forward that, okay, we have all of these really high virtues of God that involve a lot of uh, uh, activities, a lot of qualities that many of us might say, at least intellectually, are good qualities to emulate, uh, but are not only incredibly difficult, but maybe not always incredibly healthy, right, to always have a disposition of, of forgiveness and calm um, uh, to never get angry. Um, all these things that we talked about, some of us have, have uh, raised uh, objection to. He also will come and say, um, which we may or may not get to today, he'll also come and say, okay, listen, I recognize that these are all lofty virtues that uh, may or may not have place in reality. So here is the place and the time where it's good to let those qualities have priority, and yet there are other times and places where we ought to focus on other qualities as well. Okay, so let's look at the at nose first, which is number six in the uh, English and number six in the Hebrew as well. Hashishi bechotmo. So the sixth, his nose. Me'olam lo bo charon Right, so that a person should never be angry at all. Now, the 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 relationship between anger and nose is if you if you've ever read even the um, well the English if you read the English of the of the Torah it sort of uh, whitewashes it because it, it it translates the idiom into the idiom in English so the idiom in English would be would be uh, um, would be that you're angry but in biblical Hebrew the idiom for anger was charon af charon af is is like fiery nostrils. The the reason for that, especially when it was referring to God, is that in uh, ancient religious literature, um, often the gods would be uh, um, imagined as different kinds of animals, and especially in ancient Mesopotamia, the bull was very popular. Right, so um, the the god that many scholars uh, believe was um, uh, the Mythological ancestor, if you were, of the of the Israelites' belief in the God of uh, uh, the God of Israel, um, was always anthropomorphized, not anthropomorphized, was always imagined as a bull, um, and uh, and so a bull 
when a bull's angry, imagine, you know, this may only be in cartoons that I see this, but a bull gets angry, you know, uh, steam comes out of its nostrils, right? And so steam comes out of its nostrils. That's the, that's the image of, of fiery nostrils, because when you're mad, you've got steam coming out of your nostrils. And you also have these um, uh, two other uh, um, images. One is when God is, when it's looking at God's compassion or God's slowness to anger, it calls God erech apayim which are long nostrils, right, as opposed to, um, as opposed to chare'af, which are flared nostrils, right, so when you're angry, your nostrils are flaring, and when you're not angry, your nostrils are relaxed, right, so if you, if you see that language, so in, in the High Holidays, for example, when we say, um, Adonai, Adonai, El Rachum Vechanun, Erech Apaim Verav Chesed Ve'emet, right? The Lord, the Lord, um, a God of uh, compassion and grace, who is Erech Apaim, who is long in the nostril um, and abundant in love and truth, right? So long in the nostril there means slow to anger, calm, okay? So we think, Forever, a person should not have charonaf. A person should not have flared nostrils. A person shouldn't have any anger. Right? Rather, a person should always have in, in, uh, expressed in his nose uh, life and uh, and uh, and uh, will, uh, goodwill, and a uh, and long nostrils, uh, calmness. <laughs> Even to those people who aren't uh, deserving. Okay, that uh, that that a person should um, always try to uh, uh, um, uh, fulfill requests and to uh, revive ev- anyone who is in need, everybody who is uh, suffering. Umotzi mechatmo tamid mechilat avon v'havarat pesha, and from a person, you're out of Hebrew. Oh, how about that? Uh, Let's see. No, 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 no. no, no. Yeah, it is. no, no go to the, the left. No, no, to the left. Oh, to the left. Yeah, right yeah, to the yeah left. sorry, it goes on to the left. Yeah, right. I'm sorry. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> Hebrew, Hebrew does tend yes. to move from right okay. to left. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Right? So in from a person's nose, as it were, should always come the forgiveness of transgression and the uh, and passing over of sin. And a person shouldn't be angry at someone who commits a transgression against him. Rather, you should always be uh, uh, gracious uh, and, 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 uh, and seeking to to grant love and kindness, to give, Nachat uh, Ruach, uh, translates here as kindness, yeah, uh, to be appeased, I think is really the, the good word here. You should always try to be uh, peaceful to everybody. And so the, the image, the metaphor of nose here is talking about the, the disposition of, of anger, right? Even to people who make you angry, Cordovero is suggesting that we ought to practice lengthy nostrils, right? To practice, right? Which is there is a a great article there once about um, about how uh, you are better in concentrating and in uh, and in disposition when your when your mouth is relaxed when your mouth is open, 
like that, which is why um, the theory was that Michael Jordan always uh, played basketball with his tongue hanging out because it it was a his way of kind of being when you're in the zone when you're uh, when you're kind of like feeling the game when you're uh, when when you're relaxed you're you're more able to function properly right so my, so Michael Jordan would always have his tongue out and I think the same is here right imagine you. <coughs> trained yourself to never let your nostrils flare, right? Just that kind of simple physical attribute that, uh, that when someone makes you angry, to pay attention to what happens to you physically. And that's a, that's a really kind of a, um, amazing thing that uh, someone suggested to me once, because I, I have a sort of hot temper. Like, pay attention to what happens to you physically when, when someone upsets you. And it's true, right? So I get Tense. I feel it. I feel. I feel tense. Right. I feel hotter. I feel. I can. I can sense my face contorting in different ways. My my nostrils flaring. Right. So if you pay attention, I think this is an incredible insight. If you pay attention to what's happening to you physically when you get angry, it's possible in a greater level to control whether or not you are angry at that moment. Because remember, we talked about this before that that anger can sometimes be a, a helpful state, or certainly in, in nature, the reason we have anger is because it helps us fight better and faster. Uh, but in actual human society and human relations, anger is often more hurtful than it is helpful. Not only does it not help in getting the other person to uh, change the way they're behaving towards you in most cases, it also damages you, right? So, uh, and you could feel that physically if you pay attention to it, right? Uh, that, uh, that, that when you're angry, you feel less healthy. Right? And if you walk around with that anger, it does affect you physically. So I think what he's saying is pay attention to how your anger affects you physically. Right? And, uh, and so he's showing that through what happens with, with one's nose. Okay, let's go to uh, the next one, which is uh, your, um, uh, your, the, the seven, the seventh. I said I said the mouth, but I meant face is first. So the rest of your face. Hashvi'it panav, panav tiena mi'irot tamid. So your face should always be shining. You should always be a shiny, happy person. Vikabel kol adam besever panim yafot, and you should greet every person cheerfully. Sheken bichvod elyon mar, because that's what it says about uh, about um, uh, uh, honored uh, honored God. Beor pnei melachayim. That uh, in the light of the king's countenance is life. In the light shining from the king's face is life. That is actually, um, in some ways, scientifically, biologically true. That, that we are better off when we see other happy people. We our happiness is actually dependent on when we see happy people. So um, you see this in mothers and, and children, right? When when uh, when uh, when it goes in both directions. When it usually goes in in the baby's direction to the mother, rather than the mother's direction to the baby, because babies don't listen. But um, but the, but when 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 a baby smiles, you've seen this, right? When a baby smiles, it's almost impossible for you not to smile as well, right? When a baby cries. It's almost about you may not cry in response, but you get upset, 
right? And this happens, right? You're much more likely to be in a calm, positive mood when the person standing across from you is also in a calm, positive mood, and you can see it, see that in their face, as opposed to when when the person standing across from you has their fist clenched and their face scrunched and is really angry or upset. You're more likely to be upset. So what he's saying here is that if our face shines constantly. We greet people with good goodwill, good uh, a good face. Then we will encounter positivity in return, much like we imagine that God's face, um, uh, when God smiles on us, as it were, right? That is the essence of life itself. The shum odem v'din nichnas shamkal, right? And so, if we don't have any redness or judgment entering into our face, kach or panav lo yishunet. Right, so the light of one's face should not uh, should not shift. And anybody who looks at you should only find joy and uh, and cheer cheerfulness. And there should never be any uh, reason uh, uh, that that would disturb you, that would disable you from having that uh, positive outlook, that positive countenance. Now again, I don't think he's saying here that you should always pretend that nothing is wrong. But I think what he is saying here is pay attention to what happens to you physically when you get angry or upset. Right? And if you can train yourself to actually see those signs and shift your physicality, you can actually shift your emotions as well. Right? And that we can impact the lives of other people that we encounter too, depending on how we look at them, how we greet them, how we, how we encounter them. And so I, I, I see this is, um, this is not a personal comment to those of you in the room who have so dutifully uh, served as, as ushers for the congregation, but I see from time to time right, that the first person that a person encounters, a stranger might encounter when they come into Har Zion, is an usher. Right, um, and sometimes the job of being an usher is such that it makes you not smile, right? But imagine only, only if you're over with the kids. <laughs> only if you're over the kids, with the kids, right? So, um, and so imagine what it's like to be a, to be so a, a newbie walking into synagogue, and the and the first people you encounter are frowny faces, right? And what it feels like to walk into the place where 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 the where the feeling you get is is frowning, right? There's a um, Disney University, where they train all the Disney employees, talk about this, that when you go to a Disney park, before you get on your first ride, you encounter like six or seven people, right? So you, you, you meet the ticket uh, seller, and then you meet the, uh, the ticket taker, and then you meet the uh, monorail operator, and then you meet the janitor who you ask how to get to the ride, and then you, uh, and then you, you know, see the person who's uh, directing the line of the ride, and then finally you get to the uh, person who's actually operating right. So you've encountered all these people before you even get on. Oh, the the person who sold you the churro for breakfast, which is a great breakfast at Disneyland. Um, so right, all these people that you encounter before you even get on a ride at uh, at, at Disney World or Disneyland, and the, and what they teach you at Disney University is that that. Um, you would think that in a theme park, the people who are operating the ride are actually the face of the institution, but actually, no, it's the janitor who's the face of, of Disney World. So they train their janitors on how to be greeters, right? And, I, and, and imagine, my teacher Ron Wolfson, so imagine what, it, what, what would it be like 
if a synagogue were like that, right? If 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 we train, right? Because we we think that okay, well, well, the the rabbis for sure are going to be welcoming and, and cheerful and friendly to train. That's true. But before a person even gets to the rabbi, right, which may never happen in a synagogue, before they even get to the rabbi, they're encountering. Why we have greeters before we have ushers? Right. Exactly. Right. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. We have greeters. Yeah. Oh, good. Okay. But outside. Oh, so I don't see, and I don't, and I don't see them. Okay, good. You're right. Yeah. I often don't see them because I'm. I, I usually, I guess, get there before. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure they do. What? Because you're inside. Because I'm inside. Yeah. Good. Okay. Good. So we're there. Good. Um, we've got it all. We, we've got it all figured out, right? Um, no, but but it's also, but it's, but it's even more than just. It's even more than just the greeters. It's more than just the ushers. It's also the people in the pews, right? So, right. A number of years ago. Mayor Nutter was here for a bar mitzvah. He's sitting over there by himself, and he was a city councilman at the time. But a bunch of us went over and greeted him and said, come on over and sit with us. You don't need to sit by yourself. Mm-hmm. Now, that's maybe an extravagant example, but uh, you know anybody who's here and is, who's by themselves, mm-hmm. it's easy to say that. At least mm-hmm. greet them and welcome them and... Some people do, and some people don't. Yeah, this this wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. A, my, my my intention wasn't to indict how no, we no, do no. things in the congregation. I was thinking, in, in general, I see this in, in in other synagogues as well, right? So, and I think that you know, it's when you have a, a sort of very prominent stranger like like Mayor Nutter, it's sort of um, it's easy. It's right. It's much easier, um, but. You know, a lot of people sit, especially the, even the regulars. A lot of people, the body language says a lot, right? Um, and I don't mean it only here. Well, right? Wilson, Wilson yeah. in his book writes yeah. a lot about that. Yeah. So. Um, but anyway, but I think that that's what he's saying here, right? Is that is that how we how we look at other people um, impacts how other people feel, and similarly with us, right? How other people look at us impacts how we feel. All right, let's do one more really, really quickly, so just so we can get to the end of this piece of it, which is um, Hashminit Piv. Right, so the eighth is a person's mouth. Okay, and this I think is profoundly important because, um, well, because our words are our words impact people probably more than just about anything else we do. Hashminit Piv Lo Yotzi Eletovah Gzerat Amarav Torah VeHakafat Ratzon Tov Tamid. Right. Essentially, you should only have good things coming out of your mouth always. Okay, which is true. First of all, because our words impact other people, but also I think this is true for ourselves. We all, often, how many times in the course of the day does someone say, "You know, how are you doing? Oh, I'm so busy." You know, I'm so tired, right? Or you know, there's, there's, there's sort of like casual negativity that comes out of our mouths all the time, and it has an impact, I think, on our well-being. And so a person shouldn't have an ugly thing come out of his mouth. Neither a curse. You shouldn't have a, an insult or, or anger. Not at all. And you also, this is a really powerful thing, you shouldn't have null things come out, no small talk. No small talk. So not only yeah, no negative gossip. talk, no <laughs> negative talk, but no small talk. Oh, no gossip, I think, goes without saying, right? <laughs> that would be a negative thing. <laughs> so you should be like God's mouth. Right? So it's ima- imagine the Torah. Right? One of the, the, the principles of Torah study is that God doesn't do small talk. Right? Otherwise, you'd have all the rabbis would have been out of a job because they pick up on letters that God used. And they say, God couldn't have used this letter if it weren't for a purpose. Right? And <laughs> Right, so, 
So imagine, right? So no small talk, right? So you should be like God's mouth. She ain't no nistam claw. But but here's another piece, right? No small talk, no negative talk, no negative talk. But never have your mouth closed, right? Never don't talk. Never be quiet. Shelo yechsheh v'lo yimnatov tamid. So in other words, you shouldn't have negative speak. You shouldn't have null speak. But you should always have good things coming out of your mouth, right? So it's not only whenever you speak have good things, but Always train yourself to say nice things at all times. Right, so you should never withhold to speak good on about everybody. And so there should always be goodness and blessing coming out of your mouth. So these are the, the eight good qualities. Uh, reminiscent of God's anthropomorphized head, the Chulan Tachat Degahanava, and they are all under. Hold on, one second, I see you. Uh, they're all under the umbrella, the flag of humility. Shekulan Lemaale Beketer Evarim Elyonim. They're all underneath God's crown, which is humility. And when a person wants to become close to God, to become like God, to open um, uh, God's uh, essence to the lower realms, you need to practice the things that, are, are, that have been in the, these two chapters. Larry. I think we should use these to assess our politicians. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. What would our politics be like if they were not allowed to say negative things about other candidates? Right? Um, Going back to the nose, that last line, never be angry with those who offend, but constantly willing to appease. I was really thinking about poor Joe Frazier, who died this Mm -hmm. week, and his very complicated relationship with Muhammad Ali, Mm -hmm. and the kind of things Ali said which were so hurtful, whether whether if done for no other reason to promote fights right. or not, were so hurtful that Frazier really lived most of his life, you know, with the hurt from those kind of mm-hmm. comments mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the anger. Absolutely. I mean, Muhammad Ali was a master of everything that the court of hair is talking about not to, right? The things that come out of your mouth should be positive. Right. Well, Ali was such a trash talker, right? And, uh, um, yeah, and it really makes an impact on people, right? That's maybe an extreme example, but I think we could all think of those examples in our lives where uh, where what people said about us and to us um, has stuck with us um, and in really damaging ways. On the, on the other hand, in the, you know, guy gets angry all the time. Right. And you know he doesn't really acknowledge that his right. statement is he's never angry. So <laughs> right. So that's that that was that would make me um, a little bit more happy to see as I read on as I studied on to say okay you know these are actually um, an oversimplification of of God's personality and an oversimplification of how human interaction works. So it's not that we should never be angry at all uh, because there are some times where there is. There are legitimate things to be angry about and where anger can actually be helpful. But I think what I think is helpful to me about this is is to train ourselves to pay attention to how we're getting angry and also why we're getting angry. And whether, you know, if we train ourselves to do that, we can evaluate more clearly whether our anger in that situation is 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 valid. Right. Is it is it uh, worthwhile Um, and is it going to be helpful or hurtful to us into the situation? Okay. Mindfulness. Mindfulness. Which is 
you know, again, right, imagining uh, being like God, right? We're talking about God's head, right? So being like God's mind, right? Amazing. Have a good day.